Genesis 3, 1-6 Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. This is the word of God. Father, we are grateful to be in your presence. We pray that you would bless the reading of your word, and that you would speak during this time. In Christ's name. Truth or Consequences, that was the name of a television show that I watched as a young boy. It was a game show that basically uh, originally began on radio, on NBC, in the 40s, and then later in the late 50s, 60s, 70s, and beyond became a television show hosted by uh, Jack Edwards, Jack Bailey, Bob Barker, and a couple of other guys uh, who eventually took over. The television show ran both on CBS and NBC, and the premise of the show, it was uh, basically a a game show with a quiz element, and if you uh, answered the question wrong, which you were not given ample time to actually answer, and the question was really bizarre, and you really were supposed to not be able to answer correctly, uh, you would have to perform some wacky stunt. Uh, All of this uh, you had to do very quickly before Beulah the buzzer went off. And uh, when that buzzer sounded and uh, you had not completed the truth portion of the question, then there was consequence to be paid. And again, it was usually some crazy, zany, embarrassing stunt. Now, from the start, most of the uh, participants and contestants uh, realized that if they answered wrong and they had to do this other stunt, usually something good is going to happen, whether that was money or whatever. And uh, occasionally, uh, during the show, there would be this uh, emotionally heart-rending surprise for a contestant and was typically a reunion with a long-lost family member. And because uh, this uh, was so popular during the 60s and during the Vietnam era, usually it was uh, the uh, homecoming of a son or a daughter coming home from Vietnam. Well, we all know that life in its everyday form is a matter of truth or consequence. We uh, teach this to our children from day one. We help them understand that they have choices to make in life. They have to learn the difference between right and wrong. And in doing that, uh, they will uh, have to learn lessons when they choose the wrong direction and consequences will be paid. In our story today, we read this encounter between Adam and Eve and the serpent. 
the serpent asks Eve, did God really say you must not eat of any tree in the garden? Did God really say that? And she responded by saying, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God did say that we must not eat the fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And we may not touch it or we will die. And the serpent says, you won't die. God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Did you hear, did you hear the subtle mixture of truth with a lie? We want to look at another passage of scripture that goes along with this story today from Romans chapter 1. This is, uh, we're going to only focus, I'm going to read a passage and then focus on one verse. And I'm uh, quite certain that uh, Pastor John will include this when he comes back and we get back into Romans later in chapter 1. But beginning in verse 18, Romans 1.18 begins. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godliness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. For although they knew God, They neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God and images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over In the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. In verse 25, the one we want to focus on today, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. As we focus on that, many of us remember and can recall the familiar and classic Roman road to salvation. During the course of our lives and, and even before, thousands have used this Roman road to share the good news of Jesus and to bring salvation into the hearts of those with whom they are sharing. The classic version of the Roman road really includes Romans 3.23, 6.23, 8, and 10, 9 and 10. Romans 3.23 begins this Roman road by saying, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now I believe every one of us in this room, from the littlest to the oldest, understands the word sin. We may not be able to accurately define it, but we absolutely know it when we see it. And I believe that chapter 1, verse 25, provides us with Paul's definition of sin. 
Verse 25 says, They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. We recall the passages when Jesus is teaching on prayer. He asks, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Jesus used some everyday common sense to teach truth about prayer. And I believe under normal conditions and circumstances in life, we can and will know the difference between the truths of God and the lies that we are faced with in our world every day. When we encounter sin, we come to a crossroads or a fork in the road. And we have to make a decision on which way to go. Now, down one path is the truth of God. The truth is the way in which we were originally created before this fall that we read about in Genesis chapter 3. Down the other path is sin. This path of sin leads to an assortment of lies leading to destructive behavior that we all clearly understand, whether it's something that we know personally or we know someone who has experienced it. The choosing of the particular path that we follow is the precise decision that we must continue to make throughout life. That's how we raise our children. That's how we live our lives. Much of the time we recognize the right path from the wrong path. The wrong path is recognized clearly as sin and we often know it right away and continue to choose that direction. Occasionally we come to the realization that we've made a terrible mistake, but it is a mistake nonetheless. Now, when we encounter those types of options, there are several opportunities that we will encounter during the course of life in which we must decide between truth or a lie. And today we're going to look at three of those in the form of choices, curiosity, or conflict. Let's start with choices. We are faced with choices every day. We need to eat, we need something to drink, we have to have a place to live, we need something to wear. And there has always been a solution. We call it going to work and earning the money to pay for these things. And that's the way God has designed life. However, one of the consequences of sin described later in Genesis 3 is the curse on the land with work becoming painful toil. Because of this, some choose the alternatives of stealing or cheating as opposed to actually working for a living. Now, one would think that living in such a developed culture and sophisticated society as we do today, that we would have outgrown this by now. But one only needs to read the headlines or watch the evening news and you realize that we have come so short a distance in actually 
achieving that. Choices are before us all the time. Temptation is always staring us down. And if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, God has given you the gift of His Holy Spirit to live right inside of you. You are never alone as a believer. You never have to face or make a choice by yourself. When Jesus promised His disciples, I am with you always to the very end of the age, He was referring to the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life and His Holy Word that He had given to us. And it is up to us to lean into Him and listen carefully to Scripture. We get to make that choice. Now the real choices in life come down to decisions between what we really want and what we really need. God always has our best intention in mind. And He instructs us in life to uh, learn to make those God-honoring decisions. And that is what we are called to do. Make decisions in our life that will bring honor to Him. Well, let's take a look for a moment at curiosity. In this Genesis passage, Eve's curiosity was certainly stimulated. We go back to chapter 2, before Eve was ever created. And that's when Adam had been clearly instructed to not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And evidently, it was his responsibility to share that instruction with Eve. And he must have done so because when the serpent asked her about eating from that tree, Eve repeated what God had instructed. You must not eat from the fruit of that tree in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. And that's when we read that again, that serpent's response, you won't die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The mixture of truth with a lie is always dangerous and often harmful. Now, growing up watching Perry Mason, I was always fascinated that when they swore in a witness, they would have to swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And that whole truth and nothing but the truth always amazed me. It always puzzled me. Why are they asking it in that way? Now that I've had children who are grown, I understand that you can tell the truth. And it might not be the whole truth. You can tell the truth and it might not be nothing but the truth. So I now understand the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And in our story, Eve's curiosity got in her way. The trap was laid and she stepped into it. And we must be ever careful when our curiosity gets in our way of making good decisions. In our modern world, we're told that smoking is hazardous or alcohol can be dangerous or drugs are destructive. We hear those things regularly. And every day, thousands of people 
fail to heed these warnings, choosing not to listen, insisting on walking down the road of their choice to destruction. The principal attraction initially behind pornography or gambling or chat rooms is often curiosity. And all we know that curiosity does is kill your cat. People follow these traps in an effort to see what is unseen, to know what is unknown, even if it's a lie. God has clearly instructed us on our limits. And we are not obligated to act out of curiosity. Let's turn our attention to conflict. There are always two sides to every story. With elements of truth sometimes on both sides. But invariably, the whole truth will come out. And sometimes we realize that we are on the wrong side and thus we encounter conflict. When I lead training for field supervisors at the seminary, or I talk to a group of students, when talking about time management, I remind them that there is no such thing as time management. I tell them, you can Google a time management workshop. You can pull up several within the next month that you could attend. But when you go to that type of a conference, they are not going to teach you anything about time management. They're going to teach you everything about you management. Because you see, time is not the problem. You are the problem. You have to get in step with it. It will not get in step with you. We must learn how to navigate conflict because in conflict management, it is very real and it is very necessary and will be an ongoing part of our life until the day we die because of the sinful, fallen world that we live in. I read a story about two brothers who owned a country store A man came in, purchased an item, paid for it in cash. One of the brothers laid the cash on top of the cash register and then proceeded to walk to the door, continuing the conversation with the customer. When he returned to the counter, the money was gone. And he said, Hank, did you take the money? And he says, no, I didn't. And he said, you had to have taken it. There is nobody else in the store. Thus began two decades of bitterness and mistrust between these two brothers. But one day, a stranger walked into the store. He says, my conscience won't let me hide this any longer. He says, I was a drifter many years ago and was passing through your town. I was standing looking in the window of your store when I saw that money being laid on top of the register. He said, when no one was looking, I snuck through the back door. I grabbed that money and I ran. And with this news, these two brothers, for the first time in over 20 years, were able to embrace and forgive one another. However, there was still this 20-year history 
of pain and grief that they had gone through unnecessarily because that couldn't be totally erased even in this time of forgiveness. There is a right and a wrong way to work through conflict. We must learn to be patient, especially when we do not know the whole truth. And seldom, seldom do we know the whole truth. We must embrace the words of James, where we are reminded to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Simple instructions that are often difficult to master. Life is a matter of truth or consequences. And it's up to us to heed that still small voice of God inside of us. He instructs us in life at every turn. And I ask you today, will your choices be God-honoring? Will you be able to curb your curiosity when painful consequences stand right behind the curtain you're about to choose? And are you able to control your emotions through those times in life when we are faced with conflict? Father in heaven, this is a simple, simple story. And these are simple instructions. And yet, Lord, every one of us knows how difficult they are. We ask, Father, this day, you help us, you guide us, you instruct us. You've chosen to walk with us, Father, and to be by our side. And it is our prayer, Father, that you will continue to help us as we understand that we are to follow your truth or there will be consequence. Lord, we thank you. We love you. That you have taken this time to be close to us. We ask this in Jesus' name.